I thank you that they are receptive to the words of God. And because of that, the light, the faith, the truth that's in the word will enter into them. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, uh, John showed a video of me praying for somebody Sunday. I don't know if you're here, but uh, a man got up and said, how did I do that? Because you know, he normally couldn't just hop up like that. He, uh, praise God, he got healed. You know, like that. But that, that is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit works through us. Amen? Hallelujah. We're going to talk tonight about God works through man. That you are God's lips, you are God's pulpit, you are God's hands. And uh, without you, he don't have a body to work through. He needs a body to work through. You know, the devil needs people to work through also, doesn't he? And uh, that's how the enemy works. That's how he does his most of his work. And uh, so both God and the devil use human beings to carry on their work in the earth to a great degree. Now, the reason for this is, of course, Genesis 1, 26 through 28, when God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Now, the word dominion, if you look it up, it means sovereign reign or sovereign authority. Let man, see the sovereign Lord said, let man have sovereign authority in the earth. Let him have dominion in the earth over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God gave man during a set time period in which we are still in that time period, but right at the very end of it, he uh, gave man dominion, sovereign authority to rule and reign in the earth. So he turned the earth over to man. And then uh, in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, it says, for we are co-workers together with God. And it was kind of like to be God and sons incorporated. <laughs> it was to be the father and his sons and daughters. Praise God in the earth. Amen? Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. So he gave man the legal right to rule the earth. Now in Psalm 8, verses 3 through 6, David said, When I consider the heaven, the work of your hands, and the moon and the stars, which you've ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you would visit him? You've made him a little lower than, in the word, it says angels in the King James, but it's the word Elohim. It's the same word where in the beginning Elohim made the heavens and the earth. So thou hast made him a little lower than Elohim. Thou hast crowned him with glory and with honor. Now you crown a king. Now Jesus is the king of kings. And the Bible said in redemption he made us kings and priests. So that was the original intent because redemption restores to us what was lost. So originally God crowned man with glory. Now if you're talking about the glory of God, you're talking about the spirit of God. Peter said, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. So the, the spirit of God and the spirit of glory, basically one and the same. And what Adam had was the Spirit of God upon him. Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Adam had the power of the Holy Ghost. He was crowned with power. The power of the Holy Ghost. And it says in Psalm 8, you made him to have dominion over all the works of your hands. So man was made to have dominion. Now Adam had, the first man, Adam, he had the life of God in him. Because redemption says that the problem with people is, Ephesians 4.18, they're separated from the life of God. So Adam had the life of God in him before the fall. And that was uh, what brought him in union with God. He had a living union with God because the life of God was in him. It wasn't, he wasn't just religious. You know? He didn't sign a denominational card. And therefore, he was, you know. No, he uh, had union with God. The life that was in God was in man. That's the uncreated life of God. And Colossians 2.10 in redemption. Now remember, redemption brings us back full circle and restores to us what was lost. Colossians 2.10 says, And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. See, we're not complete without him. 
A human being is not complete. We were meant to be the temples of the Holy Ghost. But yet we were given a free will, and we can reject that relationship or not. But um, when you're in Christ and the Holy Ghost is in you, it says you are complete in him. Now before the fall, man was a complete man. See, and he had God in his life. He, had, he was a temple of God. Praise God. He had the life of God in him. He had the grace of God in him. He had the power of God in him. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, We have this treasure in our earthen vessels that the excellency of power may originate with God and not with us. Well, Adam had that power in him. That's how he had dominion over the earth. He could calm the winds and the waves like Jesus did when he was here as a man. He could uh, rebuke the devil and make the devil leave the earth if he would have done that. Uh, he had dominion to do that because he had dominion over all the earth. Uh, so God just told him, subdue the earth. In other words, anything that gets out of control, you bring it back into control. And you do that with the authority that I have given you. So man and God walk together and man and God work together. And the way it was set up was that man would provide the authority and God would provide the power and the ability. See, he turned the earth over to man. Now, during that time period, that means that God has to work with or through man because man is the one with the authority here. Psalm 115, verse 16 says, The heaven of heavens is the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So he turned the earth over to the children of men. Now, uh, God needs man's authority during this time. Now, when this time period runs out, God's going to be able to move as God. And he's not going to be limited to man. Right now, it seems like, well, why ain't God doing that much? Because we have the keys of the kingdom. It's what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we lose on earth is loosed in heaven. So God has to work through us, through our faith, through our authority, through our cooperation with him. You know, when Jesus was here as the son of man, so he came limited as man, he said, I work and my father works. So he would put things in motion and his father would also work. So that meant they were co-workers together. He was a co-worker together with God. Now, as I said, Jesus came not just to seek the lost, but the Bible said he came to seek and save that which was lost. In other words, he came again to restore us. Galatians 3.13 said, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the broken law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is nailed to the tree, a tree. And then it says that the blessing of Abraham might come on us through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So uh, the curse came because of the fall. But Christ came and took the curse to reverse the curse. To restore us back again. Now remember, God gave man sovereign authority. He made man to have dominion in the earth, gave man a set time period in the earth uh, when man could do as he wills and do as he pleases. But uh, well, we know that the uh, you know the Bible reveals that the devil, who was Lucifer, who was uh, a high-ranked archangel, uh, was kicked out of heaven for leading a rebellion against God, and uh, he got kicked out by Michael and his angels. Now, Adam had the same authority to kick him out of the earth, but he came down to the earth. Man had authority in the earth, not God. Man had authority in the earth. And God had commanded the man not to steal from his tree. Some things belong to God. And uh, the devil found out about that somehow. And the devil came and enticed the man and the woman to steal from God's tree, partake of that tree. And God had said, you'll surely die. Now, we know death means not cessation of life, but it means in the Bible, separation. Being dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1 talks about being dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 4.18 talks about being alienated or separated from the life of God. So that's what being dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians uh, 2.12 says, without God, without hope in this world. So when they, Adam and Eve took of that tree, they submitted to Satan, 
They use their own authority to submit to the devil and to steal from God's tree. And when they did, they were separated from God because God is love and God is righteousness and, and what they did was unrighteous and unloving and, and so on. And so there came a veil there. And uh, they were separated from the life of God, separated from the glory and power of God, separated from the grace of God. And so they're like, they were like natural men out there in the world without God in their life. And, uh, you know, they're kind of spiritually blind and spiritually dead and spiritually dumb. And they don't have dominion and so on like that. They don't have anything like that restored to them. Man lost his connection with God and the spiritual kingdom of God and the spiritual things of God, like the anointing, like the power of the Holy Spirit and, and these kind of things. Man lost uh, that connection. You know, Jesus kind of gave us a uh, picture in John 15 of the vine and the branches. And he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. And uh, so man is very limited without the Lord. And it says, if a man abides not in me, in John 15, 6, he's like a branch broken off the vine, and he begins to wither. And men gather them kind of branches and throw them in the fire and burn. So that was a similar relationship that Adam had with the Lord back there in the beginning. Uh, he had a vine-branch relationship. But when he sinned, he was broken off, and that life coming from the Lord and the strength coming from the Lord and the power coming from the Lord... That was cut off. And the Bible said in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 5.12 says, by one man sin entered into the world and death, separation from God and his kingdom by sin. So Adam lost out. He was severed from the vein. And uh, not only that, on the negative side of things, he opened up the door to the devil and uh, allowed Satan and his forces legally in the earth because Adam was the Custodian, and you know, he was the one that had the keys down here, and he took those keys of his authority by submitting to Satan, and he opened up the door to the devil, and then Jesus later called Satan the prince of this world, and Paul called him the god of this world. See, so instead of the god of heaven being the god of this world, Satan became the god of this world, the prince of the powers of the air. And Colossians 1.13 says man came under the authority of darkness. Not under God's authority, but under the authority of darkness. And then man was created, a part of man was created to be a vessel. Now natural man, see we have God, when you, when you accept Jesus and then you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, Philippians 2.13 says for it is God who is at work within you both the will and do of his good pleasure. In other words, I mean, you're not always conscious of God, but there's an influence coming from God for you to live right and to do right. And if you do wrong, you feel bad about it. You know, and that's good. You know, it's good to feel bad in those cases. Godly sorrow works repentance, which works to life, the Bible says. says but it's God at work in us. Why? Because we invited God into our lives. Now, the people of the world, to a great degree, have the devil at work in them. Ephesians 2, verse 2 and 3 says, Remember in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the evil prince of the powers of the air, the spirit who is now at work in disobedient people. He said, Among them we all had our conduct and conversation in time past, as we lived to fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. So we see on the one hand, we have God working in us. The Bible says you are of God, little children. And the world has the enemy at work in them. Now God's at work in you to produce a loving, forgiving nature. See, but the enemy's at work in them to be hateful, bitter, backbiters, liars, cheaters, and so on. So the enemy is what produces that manifestation in human beings because they are the rulers of the darkness of this world. One translation says, you walked according to the evil prince of the power of the air, the ruler of the spirits that are now at work in disobedient people. 
like their spirits, evil spirits at work in them, uh, because they use their will and have yielded over to these spirits' authority. And so they open up the door of their body and allowed evil things in. And so when we see the things manifest, you typically don't see them manifest too much out in public, you know, because uh, people, you know, use their will to suppress it and so on. And the devil don't want everybody looking like they're crazy out there. So he doesn't uh, put as much pressure on them out there in public. But then you hear stories about people saying, well, I don't know what came over me, or people blanked out and they did this horrible thing, or, or something was telling them to do it, whatever the case might be. But there's an enemy at work in man. See, really it was meant to be God at work in man, and now the enemy is at work in most people. Now in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 7, it says, when God saw the wickedness of man, that it was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of men's heart was only evil continually, and repented the Lord he had ever made man upon the earth. So now something different was working in man, and man was no longer the loving, righteous being that God created him to be when he made him in his own image and in his own likeness. Now, now the enemy works through man. The enemy speaks through men. The enemy corrupts others through men and destroys others through men. Of course, women too. Uh, so this is the enemy's influence of man. He, he, he needs human beings to do different things to provoke and entice other human beings. Say, so he's, he's working through human beings and uh, they're doing different things to one another to destroy one another, wars, and all these different things that crop up in the earth. So this is his influence now in man, now that man is without God in the world. Man can be very religious, like the Pharisees were very religious, but Jesus told them, John 8, 44, you are of your father the devil, and his lusts you will do. So they actually were carrying out the works and will of the devil, even though they were very religious like that. But it was still the enemy at work in them. So religion doesn't always mean that God's at work. Most religion, even what looks like Christianity today is not Christianity. It's uh, religion uh, made out of Christianity, out of certain little parts of Christianity, and not the whole thing. See, the devil will take some of the word, he just won't take all the word. He'll take what you can take a document and make almost anything up out of that document. You know, you can take a contract somebody gives you, and you can make it pretty much say anything you want by pulling things out of context. But if they bring you back to the other points of the contract, you have, you're not going to get away with that. You know, see, so that that doesn't that doesn't work very good in the natural. But religiously, people do that, and they don't pay any attention to the other you know clauses in the document. That's the problem. That's the big problem. They don't take heed to the warnings or the conditions or, or different things like that and, and so on. You know, what do you need to be born again for? You know, or religious, or get baby baptized, you know, whatever the case might be, you know. But uh, that's not going to work. You've got to do it just the way God said to do it because that's what God is saying to do. Whatever the Bible is saying to do, that's what God is saying to do. Amen? To cooperate with God so he can come back into your life and, and begin working in your life. So mankind came under all this bondage and came under the authority of darkness. But thank God, God so loved us. Amen? And about 2,000 years ago, God sent his son into the earth. And 1 John 4.14 said the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. 1 Timothy 1.15 says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And we all were sinners. Because we all sinned. <laughs> and, you know, if you think of sin as any kind of unrighteousness, anything unloving, well, that, that's, that's sin. 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So it's obvious the devil has works on the earth, and God don't like those works because he sent his Son to destroy them. So it couldn't be somehow it's in the will of the mysterious will of God. 
let the devil be here. No. God's dealing with free moral agents, and they did what they did, and this is what happened. It's, it's just that simple. You know, and he sent his son to destroy the works of the devil. Now, when Jesus came, he had to be born here as a man to have any kind of authority. He couldn't come here as God, although he is God by nature. He could not come here as God and uh, just do whatever he wanted to do. Not during this time period given to man. Otherwise, he's just broken his own word. Then he didn't give it to man sovereignly, but he did. So in order for Jesus to do something in the earth, God's son who's supernatural. Uh, you remember when on the Mount of Temptation, when Satan tempted him and said, if you're the son of God, command these stones be turned into bread. Obviously, Satan knew that God had a son and his son could command stones turned into bread. Or he could change the molecules and make whatever he wanted whether it's like the Nile River in the blood or whatever, you know. And Satan must have knew he had a son that could do that. or Because otherwise he wouldn't have said, if you are the son of God, do this. But Jesus referred right back and said, it is written, man shall not live. He referred to himself as man. So I, I live by the word of God as a man. So he was, he was born here. Philippians 2 says, Philippians 2 verse 5 through 8, uh, let that mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, although he existed in the form of God and thought it not robbery to be called equal with God, see, he was equal with his father, but he made himself of no reputation was found in fashion as a man. See, and came in the form of a servant. So he came here, he was born here as a man. Now we know how that happened. You know, God sent his word to Mary now, Mary could have said, I don't want nothing to do with this. That's, that's going to look really bad for me. You know, me to become pregnant and say, you know, God made me pregnant. You know, she could have said a lot of different things. But the angel brought the word to her. The Bible said the seed is the word of God. It's the original seed that created man's body in the beginning. Created everything in the beginning. So it's no problem for God to use that seed to create another body. Hebrews 10, verse 5 through 7, it says... It talks, it's Jesus talking actually. It says that offerings are burnt offerings for sin. Thou hast had no pleasure, but a body you have prepared for me. So the body that was prepared uh, was prepared through Mary. And the angel brought the seed of the word of God. Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel had told her, The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. See, if, if he's got somebody on the earth to work with, he has a legal right to do something. Because he's got somebody down here agreeing with him. And somebody that's born here in the earth. And Mary agreed. And a body was prepared. And the Word, John 1, 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Praise God. So the Word took upon himself a body and Jesus entered that body. Now, he wasn't known as Jesus. He was known as the Word or God the Son uh, in the Old Testament. You know, there's a scripture in Proverbs, and it's asking all these questions about creation. And then it says, what is his name? I'm talking about God. And what is his son's name? So he even mentioned his son back there in the Old Testament. It said, what is his name? Well, in the New Covenant, his son was named Jesus, which means salvation so Hebrew I mean Romans 8 3 said he came in the likeness of sinful flesh he did not have sinful flesh because the seed of his body didn't come from Adam all human beings got their flesh from Adam Hebrews 12 said we've had fathers of our flesh see so our flesh came from Adam and when he took of that tree we in Adam took a partook of that tree and Satan gained a certain amount of legal authority over man's flesh to work in his flesh in that, in that temple. Paul said in Romans 7, I know in my flesh dwells no good thing. He said, every time I want to do good, evil's present with me. He said, there's a law working against me. He said, sin is dwelling in me. It's taken up its residence in me, in my body, in my flesh. Well, that's because it says the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold into slavery. Well, who did that? Adam did that. He sold his posterity into slavery. 
and their flesh became subject to Satan. And, you know, in Genesis 6, God said all flesh is corrupted his way on the earth. God said, my spirit will not always strive with man, for he's become flesh. In other words, flesh began to rule man and dominate man. So we see that God got his son in the earth by a different seed, a supernatural birth. So his seed wasn't from the fallen Adam, but it was from the pure word of God. And Mary received that seed. And the Bible said in Matthew 1.18, now the birth of Jesus Christ happened in this way. Before Mary and Joseph came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And it says a few other things and called him Emmanuel, God with us. So here he was. He was with us. John 1, 10 through 12 says that Christ was in the world and the world was made by him. Yet the world knew him not. He came to his own covenant people and they received him not. But it says, but to as many people as would receive him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Praise God, you became a child of God because you received them. Hallelujah. Now Jesus came here as a man to overcome the devil as a man. And he's called, in 1 Corinthians 15, the second man. It's also called the last Adam. The second man. And what he had to do, he had to do it as a man. He could not do it as God. He had to be born here because people born here are the ones with the authority here in the earth. And God has to work through that authority. See, now, Hebrews 1, 1 said, God in times past spoke to the fathers through the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken unto us through his son when he was here as the son of man. So really, was, when you read what Jesus said, it's really God talking uh, through his son, relay, relaying his message to us. Now, as a man in John 5.30, and he said this in other places, he said the son can do nothing of himself. In John 5.30, he said, I can of my own self do nothing. Now, that kind of sounds like him telling us, without me, you can do nothing. See, so as a man, limited as a man, he couldn't do the supernatural. He had authority, but he didn't have the glory. He didn't have the, uh, the power to do it. He had to rely upon God the Father and the Holy Ghost in order to accomplish things in the earth. Limited as a man, he could not operate in supernatural power. But as a man with God in him and God's spirit in him, he could. And so he overcame the devil's temptations where Adam failed. And then the Bible said in Luke 4, 14, he returned in the power of the Spirit. So now he was crowned with glory and with honor. The Bible said he received, uh, when a voice came from heaven, honor and glory. Uh, when a voice came and said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. Well, then he had the power of the Spirit. Then Acts 10, 38 says, you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and how he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Hallelujah. So God anointing him and him being filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God worked through him. See, as a man now, he had authority in the earth. And as a man with God's Spirit in him, he had power in the earth. And with that authority and with that power, he went about destroying the works of the devil as a man. What he did, he did as a man. As a matter of fact, one place in Luke's gospel, he said, I have authority to execute judgment because I am the Son of Man. He has authority, not because he's the Son of God, but because he's the Son of Man because he was born into the earth. And God gave man sovereign authority in the earth. Luke 4, 40 and 41 said, When the evening had come, all they that had any sick with various diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils came out of many of them, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. So, uh, you know, they kind of knew who he was incognito. Yeah. But uh, he told him to shut up. <laughs> yeah. 
and they'll be clad. But he laid hands on them. The contact of his hands transmitted the power of the Holy Ghost through his arms, through his hands, into the person, and they got healed. Now that's why that works so much out in the world out there. When you go out there, the Holy Ghost is ready to heal those sinners and those religious folk that are ignorant. Now they don't have the responsibility that a believer has. See, so they can get healed real easy. So you need to know that. You could go out, even if you're fighting, struggling to fight off sickness yourself, you could still go out and heal the sick. You know? And God will heal anybody out there. Because you remember in Acts 28 when they crash landed in that boat on the Isle of Melita? There was a big storm. And then uh, the people of the island were very kind, you know, and started building fires for them, take, you know, take care of them because they just crashed in their big ship. And Paul was kick, you know, picking up firewood and a venomous serpent bit him. And then those heathen tribes folk, they said, uh, well, you know, they knew what kind of serpent it was. They figured he's going to fall over dead any moment now. Uh, they watched him. They said, surely he escaped the vengeance of the sea. He must be a murderer or something. But it won't let him go. Now a serpent's attached to him and he's going to die. It says, but when they saw that he didn't die but shook the serpent off, and he didn't die to shake it off, he must have, had, must have been attached to him. He shook it into the fire and the serpent died instead of Paul. Jesus said, if you pick up serpents, it won't hurt you. That don't mean play with them, but it means just like what happened with Paul. If it's an accident, you have authority over it. The power of God will neutralize it. Praise God. So the power of God must neutralize the effect of that venom. Anyway, uh, the people of the island said, well, then these men must be gods that have come down here. You know, because how could that happen? How could he not die uh, from that venomous serpent's bite? Because obviously they must have had contact with those ser serpents before people just died. You know. But uh, a little while later it talks about the father of the leader of the island, Publius, was uh, sick with a bloody flow. And they must have started talking to them about the kingdom of God or whatever. Because they brought the father and he, Paul laid hands on him and he got healed. And then it said everybody else on the island came and got healed. Hallelujah. So if God would heal absolute total rank heathen who even thought people were gods coming down, God will heal anybody. Doesn't make no difference if they're in the occult. Doesn't make no difference if they're a religious folk or don't have any religion or at all. He will do it as a testimony to them and as a sign to them. See, and they're ignorant. So they get healed a lot easier. So remember that when you go out, uh, they get healed way easier than somebody that has more knowledge of God. You know, because we have to believe God. We have to stand our ground and believe God. And they just get zapped by the gifts of healings. We have to believe the word. Amen? Praise God. So, uh, so remember that. When you go out to pray for them, praise God, just believe what God's going to zap them. You know, we had another guy. He said he had, for years and years, he had pain, about a level 10. Uh, we'll show this one sometime. And prayed for his back and his body. He said, it's all, all gone. Hallelujah. I mean, it's awful to carry level pain, 10 pain around you for years and years and years, and the doctors can't get rid of it. But one touch from the Holy Ghost, praise God, and it's gone. Hallelujah. So, you know, that's, that's where Jesus told them, whatever city you enter, go up to houses and speak first peace to that house. And if they receive you, heal the sick therein. And then tell them about the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I told John, I said, we're going to do that uh, as soon as my books come in. We're going to go try out about 20 doors. There's sick people there. And we're going to bring them the book. So they got a salvation book. Uh, but we're expecting miracles to happen. Because these people are ignorant. Praise God. So if those disciples could, you know, the disciples, when he sent the 70 out, 
Well, first he sent the 12 out, didn't he? He gave them authority, Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. He gave them authority over all devils and to cure all manner of sickness and disease. And he said, as you go, preach the kingdom of God, heal the sick. Okay, so that, that's linked together like that. He told them what to do. Praise God. That's why it works out there. It's out in the world. Go into the world and preach and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So uh, in Luke 10, verses 1 and 2, he sent those 70 others also and gave them authority and said, The harvest truly is great. Pray that the labor, more laborers be sent into the harvest. That's with healing power and would be able to tell people about the kingdom of God. See, and that's people that are submitted to the Lord's authority and the Holy Ghost can work with them if they would use their will and submit to his authority. And that's where he said in verse 8 and 9, whatever house she enters, say peace be to the house. If somebody's there, they're open, your peace will come upon that house. You know, if not, it'll come back upon you. But heal the sick and then tell them about the kingdom of God. And then in verse 17 through 19, it said, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. So they must have commanded many devils to leave people, and the devils did. Praise God, just like they did for Jesus. Matthew 8, 16 said, He cast out the spirits with his word, healed all that were sick. So the 70 found out it worked for them just like it worked for the 12, and like it did for Jesus. They came back rejoicing. And then Jesus said, to them. He said, I beheld Satan himself like lightning be cast out of heaven. He said, Behold, I have that's by the power of God. He said, Behold, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Praise God in my name. So then you can go out in the name of Jesus. You have power over all the power of the enemy. So go out expecting success. Amen? Praise God. And know that God's going to work with you. Because that's the program. That's that's the design of, of this thing. So Jesus had authority over every devil and over every sickness. The 12 had authority over every devil and every sickness. The 70 had authority over all the devils and every sickness. That's because the power of the Holy Ghost working through man's authority can destroy any work of the devil. I kind of think uh, we have to use our own authority to destroy the works of the devil in our own personal life. Like I give you the keys of the kingdom. And Mark 11, 22 and 23 said, have faith in God. Have faith that God's in you and verily, verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, or now remember without him you can't do nothing. So it's got to be God in you that's removing the mountain when you speak. Because the Bible said, he said, Isaiah 59, I create the fruit of the lips. So he said, if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say will come to pass, you'll have, you'll possess whatever you say. So then what we should be doing, and it says, Hebrews 10, 23, hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. For God in you is faithful who promised. So we should believe that God is in us. And have faith in God, the God in us, the greater one in us, can create the fruit of the lips. And we should start speaking about our bodies and about our lives. Praise God. And not doubt in the heart, but believe what we say, God's bringing it to pass. He said, I am Ezekiel 12, 25, I am the Lord, I will speak, and the words I speak will come to pass, saith the Lord. So we should be, Ephesians 5, 1, be imitators of God as dear children. And we should speak. And believe. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say this message is not only encouraging you, it's encouraging me. Yeah, we gotta speak. We have a certain amount of responsibility. That's why certain things work quicker for the world than for us when it comes to healing, because now we have a responsibility. Praise God. You know. If somebody's four months old, they don't have much responsibility. So baby Christians can get healed and get zapped. Praise God real easily with the gifts of healings. But after you've grown for a while, have been in the Lord for a while, and received the Holy Ghost, have the Word of God, and heard certain scriptures, well, then you have to start exercising faith and believe in what you say will come to pass. Now, believing God in you is bringing it to pass. 
praise God, let God work it out. Amen. Hold fast your confession of faith. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. With the heart you believe, with the mouth confession is made, resulting in salvation. So there's a certain uh, responsibility when you, you know, when somebody's 14, you expect more out of them than when they're four months old. And when somebody's 25, you expect more out of them than you expected out of them when they were 14. So as time goes by, we stay in the word and what God uh, has to you know, expect more out of us that we would stand on his word. And then he reveals it will work. He's faithful who promised. Praise God. He's saying it will work. All the promises are yes and amen. But you do your part as you grow up. Hallelujah. Now he said in John 14, 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, the works that I do shall you do also. He that believeth on me. The works that I do shall you do also. And even greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Now, his whole thing about going to the Father, now, he said the works he did. People said, well, that's being born again and being filled with the Holy Ghost. And he couldn't do that back then. Well, that's true, but he said the works that I do. So we're not going to exclude the works he did. And even if born again and baptism with the Holy Ghost is something that's greater than the physical healing, he still expects us to do the physical healing because he said the works that I do. And in addition to that, greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Well, what's gonna, there's going to come a change when he goes back to the Father. You know, he said, I came forth from the Father, I came into the world, again, I leave the world, I'm going back to the Father. Now, what would be that change? He went on to say, he said, I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another comforter. In other words, when this all takes place, I'm going to pray to the Father, and you as a human being are going to have the Holy Ghost restored back to you. You're going to have the glory back on your life. You're going to have the life of Christ. You're going to have the anointing of God. You're going to have the Holy Spirit. You're going to have the Word of God. You're going to have the name of Jesus. You're going to have authority restored back with you in the earth so you can cooperate with God's power. See, so there's a certain thing that we're responsible for and a certain thing God's responsible. He's responsible for the power and ability. You're responsible to exercise the authority in the earth. Now we know that when Jesus demonstrated Satan's defeat as a man by the power of the Holy Spirit, exercising authority, cooperating with God. And he said that we will do the same thing, cooperate with God, for Paul said we are co-workers together with God, 1 Corinthians 3, 9. Doing the same thing. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20, he said, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And uh, then he said, now we, as ambassadors for Christ, beseech you in Christ's stead. Now we're here instead of Christ. Now God's in you reconciling the world to himself. See, now how's he going to do it? Through your words, through your hands, through your handing out tracts. That's how he's going to do it. That's why he said the laborers are few. Pray that there be more laborers that God can use. Go out into the harvest because the laborers, uh, the harvest is great. But there needs to be more laborers. Because God has to use laborers. He can't just do it himself. You can't just say, God, go over to China and India and save everybody over there. It would be nice if you could just say, oh, God, save the continent of India. Well, God needs preachers to go over there and preach and tell people. He works through people. And he needs people to speak to massive crowds and release the Holy Ghost, release the power of God, and then miracles and different things start happening to the heathen because they're not responsible for anything. So all these kinds of miracles happen in those crusades. Not because those preachers are more special than you, it's just because they're out there among the heathen. And this is what happens when you have authority and you release authority and the power of God uh, works through you. Now, Jesus, at about 33 years of age, he allowed himself to be crucified uh, by sinners under the influence of Satan. 1 Peter 2.24 says he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Isaiah 53.6, he said, All we like sheep have gone astray, we turned everyone to our own way. The Lord God lay upon him, Jesus, the sin and the iniquity of us all. So that's what caused the veil and, you know, caused the loss of the glory of 
and everything, all sin fell short of the glory. When he bore our sin in his body, a veil came between him and the Father. Then he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then, <clears throat> death had dominion over him for a while because he was in the condition of a sinner, even though he was not a sinner. But he was there in our condition. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. He was dealt to be, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says. And he was taken to hell. And he was there for a while. But the Bible said it was not possible that death could hold him. It was not possible that death and hell could hold him because he, it had no legal right over him for he never personally sinned. So if he never personally sinned, there's no authority Satan has over him. But Satan opened up the door for him to bring our sins to hell where they deserve to go. Satan ignorantly did that. So our, our sins went where they deserve to go. So we don't have to go there with them. If we would accept Jesus' substitutionary work. Of course, Revelation 1.18, he arose and he appeared to John and said, I am he that liveth and became dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I've got the keys of death and hell. The gates of hell will not prevail against anybody that's of the church. It loses its authority over anybody that's of the church. Because what happens is you get born again. And the old you that was subject to Satan dies. And Colossians 1 13 said the Father delivers you from the authority of darkness that man had been under since the fall. Then it calls Jesus the firstborn from the dead. He wasn't the first raised or raised from the dead because he raised Lazarus. He raised others from the dead, but he's the firstborn from the dead to come out of death into life. See, when you're born again, you come out of death into life. You were dead in trespasses and sins, but Ephesians 1 or 2, verse 5 says, He quickened you, made you alive together with Christ. Praise God. God included you in that. So, now people could be born again. When you're born again, you're no longer under the authority of darkness. When you're born again, the life of God comes back. You receive Christ into your heart. He can come because the veil of sin is removed by the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus and that sin problem that separated God and man is taken care of, then God can come back in. And God said in 2 Corinthians 6, I'll walk in them and I'll dwell in them, and I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. Ephesians 2, the end of the chapter says, we are a habitation of God through the Spirit. So again, we are completed Him and we're restored back again, and now we're the temple of God again. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, all things become new, and all things are of God. Praise God. So you're in the position to be able to walk in the kingdom again with that lost authority of the Garden of Eden. And because you've had the life of God and the Spirit of God restored to you, you've been restored back to what Adam had, and you've been restored back to what Jesus had in the gospel. And that's the condition that you're in right now. You have a thought, whether you feel it or not. I mean, people don't go walk around feeling, oh, the devil's at work in me now, the demons are working now. No, they don't realize that. And you don't realize uh, the influence of God in you, you know, except he influences you to have a hunger for the word, and to live right, do right, where before you didn't have that. But that's God at work in you. Philippians 2.13, God is at work in you. Like that. So that, that's what's happening. And the Bible said, Ephesians 3, Christ is dwelling in your heart by faith. So First uh, John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it says, It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when we see him, we'll be just like him, for we'll see him in his glorified state as he is. So we're going to be just like that. But in the meantime, we are sons of men and sons of God in the earth. And we have authority restored to us. That's why I said I give you, people of the church, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind is bound, whatever you loose is loosed. So then there's a responsibility for us to use the authority. If we don't use the authority, God can't use his power. That's why even in Ezekiel he said he sought for a man to stand on the gap to build up the hedge. But he couldn't find any, so judgment had to come. See, so he's always looking for a man or a woman to use. Praise God. 
And so when you're going to be used by God, you go out to pray for the sick or pray for people. Just do it with authority. It's not up to you to heal them anyway. It's, it's up to you to release the authority and speak. Be cleansed, be healed, be free, be loosed in the name of Jesus. That's your part. The other part's up to God. Like that. So you don't have to try to do God's part. You know, it's, it's not how loud you yell. It's not how theological you pray. Because Jesus didn't have big, long theological prayers. He said, be cleansed, receive thy sight, be healed, be loosed. You know, hallelujah. And so you can do the same thing in his name now. That's why he said, now you go out in the world, preach the gospel. You cast out devils. You lay hands on the sick. You get them filled with the Holy Ghost and speak it in tongues. Hallelujah. So that's something for us to do now. That's why when we get those books now, they told me those books would be done this week. And then they got to ship them to us. So we're ordering 10,000 first batch. But I have, I have a little motto with it. Everybody gets a book. What we want to do is everybody gets a book. And then when we get them here, and we'll go through the hotel, and everybody gets, all the workers get a book. Amen? All the restaurant workers, they all get a book. Everybody gets a book. <laughs> Praise God. We have to do this. We have to do it. Because if we don't, if we don't, now God, supernaturally, I, I, can, I, I believe I could say this in the sight of God. Supernaturally, that book came together by the Holy Ghost. Because God wanted to present his case. And a lot of times a book can talk after you're gone. And so, but it's up to us to hand the books out so that the Holy Ghost has something of the Word of God to deal with all the people. So we're going to have to catch a vision that, okay, we're going to pass out as many of these books throughout this city as possible. Praise God. Amen? Hallelujah. So why? Because God works through us. He doesn't work apart from us. Glory to God. And uh, most people have been saved because somebody else talked to them about Jesus or handed them gospel literature. You know, some, some maybe went and got a Bible on their own, but very few. Most, mostly it was people. And God worked with those people's testimonies and manifested himself in some way or another with supernatural power once that word was released to somebody. So let's realize we have the authority. God has the power and ability. We are co-workers together with God. God works through man. Hallelujah. You know, if God's going to reach your friends, he's going to do it through you. If he's going to reach fellow workers, he's going to do it through you. You know, that might be your mission field. Hallelujah. And so, uh, praise God. Let's believe God. God's going to use those books in a real supernatural way. We're going to see many people turn to the Lord. Father, we thank you for that holy written word. Thank you for your blessing upon it. Thank you for the word that has spoken to the heart of each one. It gives them more boldness to step out and pray for the sick because it's just the way it's set up to operate. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.